Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. My name is Margaret Okada Shek. I'm an Associate Director of Admissions here at Harvard Divinity School. Thank you all so much for being here. We're so incredibly thrilled to have you join us today, and we hope that all of the day's events, um, which there are very many, uh, will uh, help help you in your discernment process to figure out whether or not HDS is the right next step in your academic and professional futures. Um, I, uh, I just wanted to talk to you about a few additional things that are happening, happening um, and some housekeeping. So the first thing is there's been a few changes to the lunchtime schedules. If you, if you take out your schedules, I know it's really a ton of information. There's lots of concurrent open office hours, open classes, uh, panels. Um, and so it is a little bit of a choose your own adventure. The only sort of main guidelines are like, if you're gonna go to a class, if you could just stay for the, uh, arrive to classes on time and stay for the whole class just out of respect. Um, also, um, I recognize it's sort of a, a, a really intense week for many, many people, but we ask that you sort of try to focus while you're here. So if you could just um, put your phones on silent or vibrate, if you have to make a phone call, if you could just go to a different part of the area um, of, this, of this building to take the phone call, um, we really appreciate that. Um, for, the lunch, for the lunches, on the registration table, there was a lunch diagram. And it's basically, there are faculty and staff and denominational counselors who are eating lunch with all of our prospective students today from 12 to 1 or 1 to 2 in two different locations. And so um, that's the best place for you to find out, oh, like, you know, these are the faculty I'm really interested in seeing. Okay, maybe I can have lunch with them or a denominational counselor. Um, and uh, so the, that diagram, which is on the registration table, is the best way for you to find out who's coming. Uh, one person who is on the list, um, uh, who was recently added, is uh, Liza Stern, who is our Jewish denominational counselor. Unfortunately, uh, they're now available for lunch. Um, in addition, unfortunately, we had found out that Stephanie Paulsell, uh, one of our faculty members who's open up, who has open office hours and um, um, today and was offering a class is unfortunately out sick today. So unfortunately, that's a last minute cancellation. If you, uh, for lunch, if you have dietary restrictions um, and you probably let us know about that, which we thank you for, um, please go to the brawn room because that is the place where we have all kosher meals or other types of uh, food. Um, and you can obviously bring the food with you to, uh, if you want to go to rock or whatever, but if you have dietary restrictions for, just for lunch, please go to the broad room. Um, this is a pretty green campus, and so um, we, we ask that everybody sort of cleans up after themselves and also disposes of trash um, in appropriate receptacles. We have um, recycling, compostables, and, and all of the um, dishware, food, drink, all of the cups and things, those are all compostable. So if you can uh, please put it in the appropriate bin, we'd appreciate that. Um, if you brought luggage to Andover Hall today, so like you, you came to the hall directly and you brought your luggage here and we took it from you, please come get it at 4.30 from the registration desk. If you do not pick it up at 4.30, um, we're gonna take it to the Divinity Hall, which will be open for luggage pickup until 5.30. If you brought it, if you brought your luggage directly to Divinity Hall, um, then you can pick it up by 5.30, but please pick it up. 
we also want to go home. <laughs> so I don't want to wait here forever. No offense, I know it's awesome, but like, thanks in advance. Um, and then the final thing I just want to highlight for you all is the way that, oh, the, the, we're going to be in panels in this room until about uh, 4 o'clock, I think it is, in the schedule. And so then after that, we're going to go right across the street, if you're wanting to, for the Center for the Study of World Religions is having this awesome open house that they're going to have folks all come in, their staff come in. Um, it is actually also not only a research center, but a residential space, and they'll have some tours of the apartments there. So um, definitely, if you can make it, please join us. It's awesome. That's at 4 o'clock. Um, it's at the end of the schedule, so you'll be able to see it. Um, the registration table, which is in the lobby of Andover where you checked in, that's going to be open until 4.30 today. So if you have any questions, you want directions, you if you're with a guest who's like, hey, I want to go do something else, I want a recommendation for a coffee shop or something, just go to the registration desk. All your questions are going to be answered there. And that's it for me. So without further ado, I am really privileged to, uh, to present uh, to you all the Associate Dean for Enrollment and Student Services, Tim Mosky. Welcome again and good morning. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, so we've really, as Margaret was just sort of alluding to, we've densely packed the day to provide you an opportunity to um, choose your own adventure and do some thinking about um, Harvard Divinity School and what we have to offer. So we're trying to design things around sort of two, two focal points. So one is what is this degree all about? So how would you be spending your time? Um, what does it take to earn a degree? Um, why would you choose one degree over the other, the MTS versus the MDiv, uh, or vice versa, or the THM, if you're here considering that? And then how would you um, afford it? How would you rearrange your life in order to, to, to make that happen? Uh, and what, what that's all about, and what the experience would be like when you're here on campus. And then the other portion of what you should think about, which we can do a little um, less easily uh, in person here today is think about what would you do with that degree afterward. So um, what is the work that you want to do in the world? How would an MTS or an MDiv or a THM meet your needs or a doctoral degree? Um, how, would that, how would that meet your needs? How would that enhance your ability to do the work in the world that you want to do? Uh, and one of the things that we find is people have misconceptions about what they would do with a, with a divinity degree uh, or with an education from Harvard Divinity School. So one of the quickest, easiest, most efficient ways for us to show you that is by um, playing a little, little video uh, that allows, allows you to see what some of our alumni do with their careers. It's two minutes. It's very quick. It's basically just a bunch of folks introducing themselves to you and saying the work that they do. Um, this is compiled by our Office of Career Services, who has done an incredible job of cataloging uh, the alumni stories of about 135, I think, so far, um, of, our, of our alumni. And it's a great way of introducing uh, you to some of the work that they go out in the world and do. Thank you. 
Director of State Policy and Advocacy for Save the Children. Letty Garcia. I am uh, the Assistant Director of Harvard Business School's Leadership Initiative. Andy Buzio. I work at Riverdale Country School, where I teach 8th grade world history, and I direct an upper school service learning program. Melinda Weeks. I am currently the Managing Director of a 30-year-old organization called the Applied Research Center. Carrie Cole, and currently I own and operate uh, a B&B in Woodstock, Hi, I'm Kyle Johnson. I'm an investment consultant with Cambridge Associates. My name is Susan Hayward. I'm a senior program officer in the Religion Peacemaking Program at the United States Institute of Peace, Rachel Lerner. I am the vice president of the J Street Education Fund. Jeffrey DeVito. I'm in the fifth year of psychiatric training and I'm doing uh, addiction psychiatry fellowship. Wendy Jalen. I am a choreographer and a dancer and also an American Sign Language interpreter. My name is Sarah Bernard Kelly. I worked in hospice for about six years, seven years now, and I worked uh, in acute care for three years. My name is Clark Boyd. I am now working as a reporter and producer for uh, Public Radio International's The World. My name is Carol Ensel-Better, and I'm a landscape designer and project manager for a year and a half landscaping coordinator at Holden. I'm working uh, for a company called Mindful Warrior that I founded, and it provides services in mindfulness, team building, and leadership development. My name is Curtis Rising. I'm currently uh, Director of Leadership and Organization Development at Iron Mountain. Darren Gadd, I'm the staff attorney at the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama. My name is Karen Meeker. I went into the Army in 1997 and have been there ever since, as you can tell with my uniform. I'm Annie Walsh, and I decided to run for public office. My name is Rich Tappel, and right now I'm the head of uh, my own company called Public Square that trains nonprofits how to engage in public policy. Thank you for that. So one of the things that um, we would really uh, think would be great if you would use your time um, over the over the next uh, opportunities in, in the panels and in conversations and lunchtime conversations to really get to hear and think about and, and know the stories of the people who are part of this community. So just like these folks have shared a little bit about what they're doing with you, um, really try to look past the Harvard name and, and look past um, all of the details and the, and, and the hustle and bustle of the schedule and just get to know um, some people as, as well as you can while you're here. I think that's going to give you the best sense of what the community has to offer and, and what we can uh, provide to you. Um, so hopefully that will simplify things a little bit while you're here. We hope you have a really good time and uh, enjoy, enjoy yourselves. Ask hard questions, ask good questions. Uh, like Margaret said, if you have any curiosities or um, things that you need addressed, please go to the front table and, and ask one of our staff at the, at the registration desk, and um, we'll be here for you. So, without any further ado, I want to introduce our dean to you, who's going to give our formal address and, and, and formal welcome. Um, let's see. So our dean, David Hempton, was appointed dean of Harvard Divinity School in July of 2012, after joining the Faculty of Divinity in the spring of 2007. Before coming to HDS, he was university professor and professor of history of Christianity at Boston University. And prior to that appointment, he was professor of modern history and director of the School of History at Queen's University, Belfast. In 2008, after just a year of being here, he was awarded our Outstanding Teacher of the Year Award. 
He's a social historian of religion with expertise in, expertise in populist traditions of evangelicalism in Europe, North America, and beyond, and is a fellow of the Royal Historical Society. He received his BA at Queen's University Belfast and his PhD at the University of St. Andrews. And whether traveling to campaign for the future resources of our school or attending events in the evening and lectures in, here in the Sperry Room, Dean Hempton is always present, always listening, and always advocating for HDS to live up to its highest aspirations and possibilities. So without further ado, our Dean, David Hempton. Thanks, Tim. Um, welcome to HDS. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sure you've traveled from all kinds of distances, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, welcome to all those watching live uh, stream as well. Um, thanks for uh, your interest in us. So I'm David Hempton, Dean of the Divinity School, and thanks for your interest in coming here and making the effort to visit with us uh, and to find out more about who we are and how we can help you fulfill your aspirations. Um, you can tell I, my accent is Irish. I grew up in, I was born in Belfast in Northern Ireland um, a very long time ago. And, um, uh, uh, and then went to the local university, um, Queen's University of Belfast, um, more or less at the same time as the Troubles broke out in Northern Ireland, um, and spent quite a lot of my uh, student life, adult life, um, um, professorial life in Belfast during those years. And then um, just when peace broke out in 1998, I decided to come to the United States. <laughs> and, um, um, <clears throat> but um, and then spent some time in <clears throat> excuse me in Boston University and uh, got some water. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, came to um, Harvard about eleven years ago um, and have been dean for seven years. Um, um, it feels like a day, <laughs> a long day. Um, <laughs> So I encourage you to make the best possible use of the time you have with us today. Um, <clears throat> today's panel presentations and conversations with faculty, staff, and students are great resources. To get to know us better in our programs, do make um, uh, an effort to uh, find out as much as you can. As Tim said, you'll hear from faculty about the degree programs, from students and administrators about student life and the services available at HDS to support our students. Um, and you'll have the opportunity to meet with faculty over lunch and to pose some of your questions more directly. And I'll see some of you at lunch as well. Um, I'm on the one to two slot there. And this afternoon, you'll be able to visit the Center for the Study of World Religions across the street, that's all, um, um, which is a great resource for scholars to live, study, and work together. It's a pioneering institute uh, um, for the study of world religions. Um, You'll find out about financial aid, about admissions applications process and funding, and all of those really important details. So I'd like to just use the time I have now to um, highlight some of the reasons that I believe make HDS a, a, a unique and, and special place. And, um, and just, um, to answer the question, why Harvard and why Harvard Divinity School? Why would you come here? Um, um, my favorite answer to that is, why not? Um, um, but um, uh, so, we, uh, so I'll spend maybe about 10 or 15 minutes on this and then we'll take some questions. So here are four reasons that you might want to consider joining us. Um, uh, intellectual opportunity, what I, what I would call illuminate. 
engagement with the religious dimensions of the great issues of our time, what I would call in, in, in engagement, um, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and how important that is to us and how we're thinking about that, and then preparing for the future, which I call service. Um, weren't those great uh, career opportunities? How did I miss those? Um, <laughs> So the first is um, uh, Intellectual Opportunity Illuminate. Uh, HCS is a great school and a great university in a great city. Uh, two cities, actually, uh, separated by a river, uh, Cambridge and Boston. And I think it's a great school largely because it is in a great university. Those two things are connected. So situating the study of religion in the context of a great university increasingly matters. Um, so we have a clear mission, which is to educate scholars of religion for intellectual leadership, professional service, and ministry. Our aim is to create a divinity school in which scholars and professionals from around the globe research and teach religion from around the globe in service of a just world at peace across religious and cultural divides. That's our mission statement. And our motto is to illuminate, engage, and serve. We know our alums and our community are committed to those values, even when we don't always uh, live up to them perfectly. In the recent QS world ratings of graduate schools, Harvard is ranked the best place in the world to study religion and theology. Um, I always say that when we come top in the ratings, and I always ignore the ratings when we don't. Um, uh, they're, only, they're only correct when we're top of the ratings. It's just, a, just the way they work. Um, so as you know, Harvard is America's oldest university and one of the great universities in the world. It is an extraordinary place. The Divinity School not only has its own rich history and traditions, but we're situated in a university city of 10 schools and a major research institute. It is a very expansive place. That range of expertise uh, gives us a better chance to answer the big religion and questions. And we try and, um, you know, have as close relations as we can with the Kennedy School, the Law School, the School of Public Health, the Medical School, the Education School, and so on. It just gives a tremendous range of opportunity. There is always something amazing happening here on this campus uh, every day, every evening, um, uh, every week. We're also members of the Boston Theological Institute which opens up another feast of opportunities for courses and conversations. So we partner with other um, uh, distinguished schools in the environment, you know, Boston University, Boston College, and, and others as well. <clears throat> so we are very much part of um, you know, President Faust and now President Bacow's One Harvard Vision and are busily developing connections with the other schools at Harvard. And our alums frequently pay tribute to the scale of opportunity to take courses throughout Harvard, um, uh, which is just a tremendous uh, range of possibilities. I spoke to a student just on, at a party on Friday afternoon who got interested in medieval Welsh spirituality, which I'm sure all of you must be. Um, <clears throat> um, and of course she found that we have a medieval Welsh language specialist at Harvard and, and Celtic studies and is taking courses. And, and that's true of many languages. Harvard is a kind of feast of language instruction. So if you have a passion for languages or um, want to uh, study something in which language is really an important uh, component, uh, it's a great place to be. 
You will also have access to one of the world's great library systems and the best university library system in the world um, at Harvard. Uh, 70 libraries, over 20 million volumes. It's a remarkable resource for teachers and students alike. Uh, I hear the comments often from our faculty, students and alumni that our libraries and the treasures one can find them in them is one of our greatest resources at Harvard. So come and take advantage of a cutting edge research library in religious studies. Take a library tour and find out more about them. They really are pearls of great prize. I've worked in a number of universities in my life and have written a number of books and very different subjects with different um, um, geographical, global uh, focus. And I can honestly say that being a scholar here is a tremendous blessing. Um, and just to be able to go and find what you need almost instantly. Um, and it's the same is true in scheduling research papers for students and so on. I remember I was an undergraduate at a university and then later taught at a university. It's a very fine university, but we had to have very skillfully designed um, rotas so that we weren't teaching the same topics at the same time because the library resources were so thin to um, sustain you know, serious uh, uh, intellectual work. That isn't a problem here. You'll also come to a place with a distinguished faculty who are at the forefront of their subjects and disciplines. And we're expanding our faculty in important areas, so we're growing, not declining. We have recently tenured six new faculty members and have two searches planned for the spring with more slated for next year. Every year we also have exciting visiting professors from all over the United States and the wider world who come to HDS to teach and do their research. Uh, each year we have five um, uh, visiting associates to the Women's Studies and Religion program who teach a course with us. Um, in recent years we've brought in uh, scholars and public intellectuals like Cornel West and E.J. Dion, Terry Tempest Williams, an environmental activist and, and, um, uh, and writer. Um, so it's a place where there's a, a, a really vibrant exchange of ideas and, and, and people with uh, real talent and expertise. So that's the first. It, it, is a, um, it does offer intellectual opportunity. The second point I would like to make is around engagement. Um, this is self-evidently an important moment in our national and global affairs to be thinking creatively about the great issues of our time. Um, you know, as you all know, uh, there are remarkable and, and, and sometimes alarming things going on in the world order, uh, uh, um, from our, our own country to Brazil to um, uh, Turkey to uh, uh, um, Middle East to um, um, it, it feels like a, 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 a difficult time to be facing up to some of these issues. Um, so we try and um, offer um, uh, ways of thinking about these problems around religion and political culture, religion, conflict and peace building, climate change, international refugee crisis, racial justice and its multiple uh, accompanying um, or, uh, and the discriminations that, that, that need to be resisted, the future of democratic institutions, ethics and public life and so on. Um, one thing I found going up to uh, Queen's University of Belfast as an undergraduate in 1970, just as the troubles uh, literally pretty well broke out the year before, is that for all the, uh, and of course I thought what a terrible choice I'd made to be in a city that was literally falling apart and a government that collapsed and 
uh, with troops on the streets and so on and so on. But the one thing I gain from that is that it teaches you to care and to take a stand and to find out things. Um, uh, so however difficult our situation is and however difficult the global situation is, I think this is a moment uh, to care and to think through uh, 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 what we stand for and, uh, and what you're going to um, devote your life to. So we live in angering and dangerous times and we're going to need more leaders who are religiously literate and who have a deep desire to make the world a better place. We're committed to helping you think about these issues, but I want to be absolutely honest with you that we are primarily an educational institution with an educational mission. We are not predominantly an activist political pressure organization. Um, um, that's just who we are, and I want to be straight up with that so that you don't feel disappointed or misinformed or, uh, or whatever. Um, we can help you think, we can encourage you to get involved, but our primary mission is education. Um, and that's what we're good at, and that's what we should um, uh, primarily stick to. Having said that, we do endeavor to be a school that speaks to important issues about the role of religion in the United States and the wider world. I call these zip lines from the ivory tower. Uh, we're not simply isolated uh, 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 people. Uh, we've started a Religions and Practice of Peace initiative, which is now in its fifth year. We've invested in massive online um, uh, courses. Um, we have a Religious Literacy Initiative, which is uh, doing extraordinary work uh, um, um, from uh, K1 through K12, but also in uh, bigger projects um, around the university and the wider world. Um, we're a kind of crossroads school in that sense, um, where many roads um, uh, can, uh, you know, come together and move off in different directions. Because religion, as you know, is central to so many aspects of human life, whether it's palliative care and end-of-life issues, whether it's um, um, how to uh, live peacefully in a divided world, and so on and so on. So we engage in topical conversations about the big issues surrounding religion in the, in the modern world. So we try to do that. This semester alone, we par partnered with the School of Public Health and five Anglican bishops in sub-Saharan Africa to contribute uh, to the eradication of malaria in our lifetime, um, which is a, 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 a possibility, a difficult possibility, but a possibility. Uh, still, very large numbers of people in the world die from malaria, um, even though the scientific um, uh, equipment and knowledge exists to prevent this disease. Uh, but how to do that? Um, we opened up our year this year with a, uh, an interview and discussion with uh, um, Professor Atul Gawande, the author of Being Mortal, a New York Times bestseller about end-of-life issues and how to think better about them. Um, and you can see this on the web, actually. It's a, very, uh, it's a very interesting conversation. We contributed some resources and some um, expertise uh, uh, um, to um, two important films, um, Notes from Dunblane, which is a, um, a film which won the Tribeca Film Festival Short Documentary Award. Um, and it's about two parish priests, one in Dunblane in Scotland and one in Newtown, Connecticut both of whom suffered uh, mass school shootings in their um, uh, parishes 
um, uh, Dunblane back in the 1990s and Newtown, Connecticut much more recently. And the film is really about these two parish priests who strike up a, con a friendship uh, over the trauma and the grief and the tragedies that they um, uh, encountered in, in, uh, in dealing with um, these terrible events. Um, on Monday, we had a showing of um, uh, a, a new film, Song for uh, Cesar, uh, based on the life story of uh, Cesar Chavez. Um, um, and, uh, and the film's real take is the importance of music and the arts and drama and, and creativity and in, in, in coming around that movement of farm workers to get uh, fair pay and conditions in the United States in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. So we try and open up uh, conversations like that. We have partnered with the Planetary Health Alliance on the Constellation Project around climate change and how we can get interested and, and informed about that. We've had conferences on West Africa and the Maghreb looking at um, Islamic pilgrimage routes in West Africa and through to um, the Middle East from the uh, 10th century onwards. Um, we've had a, a major conference on religion and the professions, the fourth in a, long, in a, in a list of those conferences. And this one was on media and entertainment. How does religion get portrayed in the media and the entertainment industry? And we've got a forthcoming RPP colloquium, Religions and Practices of Peace colloquium, on super cooperation and the future of our human family, evolutionary dynamics, altruistic virtues, and spiritual resources by the very eminent um, Harvard professor of mathematics and biology, Martin Nowak, looking at what you can get from mathematical systems and evolutionary biological systems towards uh, human cooperation and altruism, and what are the scientific bases of, of such possibilities. So these are the kind of conversations we try to model uh, in, uh, uh, you know, as, as we go about our, uh, you know, in addition, obviously, to the classes. So that's the second point. The third point is around diversity, inclusion, and belonging. You will come to an already diverse and eclectic place, um, probably the most religiously diverse divinity school in the United States. And we would love it to be even more diverse. So come and add to that diversity and leave your own mark at HDS. Um, um, over the last year or two, uh, President Faust um, appointed a university-wide task force to, um, and I'm just going to get the report out now to show you, um, on uh, inclusion and belonging at Harvard, this report here, which just came out a few months ago. Um, it's an extensive look at what the university is doing well and what the university is doing badly. In, uh, it's an honest report of, uh, of where we are. Um, uh, we have just uh, added our own report to that uh, last week. Um, I submitted it to this um, uh, uh, central office that's coordinating uh, uh, the university work on um, inclusion and belonging. So you, you will come to a place that takes religious pluralism seriously in a world that seriously needs it. We're in the fortunate position um, to have at least three distinguished faculty members with expertise in five of the world's great religious traditions here at, at the Divinity School and uh, in wider Harvard, uh, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Judaism. We also have scholars working on indigenous religious traditions in Latin America, Cuba, uh, Latin America, Australia, and West Africa. America's world-famous religious pluralism project was started at Harvard 
under the leadership of my colleague Diana Eck and just celebrated its 25th anniversary. But again, I want to be absolutely honest with you, we are not perfect in this area. We are not perfect in this area. Um, like the world in which we live, we're a work in progress. Um, we make mistakes. Um, sometimes we fall on our face. Um, but we do want to be better, and we are trying to be better uh, in this whole uh, realm. So that Harvard is a genuinely, um, uh, and Harvard Divinity School is a diverse, inclusive, <coughs> Uh, place where people uh, can feel that they really belong, not just exist at, but belong at, and that's a, that's a bigger word, uh, how to belong. Um, and then fourthly, um, preparing for the future, what I would call service, and you've seen quite a lot of this already. Whatever the program you choose, we have a very strong record of placing our students, whether in field education programs in the United States and beyond, or on the top doctoral programs, or in full-time employment. Um, so we try hard through our career services to uh, keep you informed, open up opportunities, um, connect you with networks, um, see the full range of possibilities. Um, and we also have a vigorous alumni network, some of whom you saw on the video. So check out these videos online, over 100, 135, Tim was saying, in which former alums talk about their time at HDS, their career paths, which sometimes led them towards unforeseen and wonderful directions. Uh, I speak to alums all over the world who said they came to HDS to do something and they changed their mind uh, after a year or two and decided they wanted to do something else. Um, and that happened and that's good. Um, so those three, those four things, uh, um, you, you know, intellectual opportunity, uh, engagement with the big issues of our time, um, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and preparing for the future are, are four things that I would like to highlight as being uh, uh, special things, important things at the Divinity School. There's much else goes on here, of course, um, but that's my attempt to kind of uh, sum up what I think is particularly special about the Divinity School. And just to reiterate that first point, um, I think it is a great school because it's in a great university. Um, that access to uh, so many other things that are going on and the partnerships we're able to um, try to build and the opportunities that you will have, I think is so much stronger than a freestanding divinity school, which could never possibly hope to emulate that. Um, um, but of course, some other great schools in the country are in that fortunate position as well. So I think I'll stop there. Thank you so much for your attention. Um, and I, I can take some questions now. I think we have about 10 minutes or so. So um, if you just wait, to, um, there'll be a microphone uh, going around the room. Um, and um, if, you, um, if you just maybe just say your name and ask your question. And um, a question is always a sentence with a full stop at the, or with a question mark at the end. Um, so um, uh, anyway, thank you so much. Hi, um, my name is Adam. Thank you for having us. Um, I live here locally, and, and as you were talking about some of the partnerships that the Divinity School has formed, and the guests and the um, discussions that you've had, yeah. I'm just curious: are are these topics or alliances chosen 
by, uh, by staff or do students have any input in, in some of the issues or, or guests they would like to see or hear? Yeah, well, definitely students have input. I mean, it, it, I guess the, the decision making is more of a partnership, but I guess m mostly the, the staff, the faculty, you know, um, you know, decide the things that they're interested in mostly. We did, we have started, um, you know, uh, three or four initiatives, you know, the Religions and Practice of Peace, which now has a five-year record of colloquia, and uh, another event around the Sustainable Peace Initiative at Harvard. You can go on, uh, go on our website and look at programs and look at the, um, um, the Religions and Practice of Peace, look at the, the Religious Literacy Initiative. Um, all of these um, uh, have classes, student cafes, um, uh, student assistants working with them and helping them. Um, um, uh, I, I mean, obviously, on one level, um, you know, the expertise that goes into some of the selection of people who come from um, is, is expertise that's generated, you know, at the faculty level. But of course, we'd be interested in suggestions of who to bring here. And students, you know, run their own events as well. We had a tremendous panel here a few weeks ago on the. Um, refugee and asylum crisis in the world, you know, talking about the 65 million people who are now displaced in our world, the highest number ever, I think. Um, and that was a purely student-led, student-run uh, event. So it's a little bit of both, but uh, as you can imagine, you know, some of them, I mean, the, the West Africa and the Maghreb Conference, for example, was really the initiative of one of our senior professors um, uh, who's from West Africa and, uh, and has a special interest in in North Africa as a region. Um, yeah, does that? Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Um, don't be shy, yeah, one here, yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Seth Davis. Um, so I work in international development, yeah. and I'm wondering, um, like what specifically, uh, like either in dual, dual degrees or uh, specific classes, perhaps, um, d what, what does like Harvard Divinity have uh, in, in relation to international development? I'm very interested in the intersections of international development and religion and peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just interested in that. Yeah. Well, there's, um, I mean, Tim, you might need to help me out a little bit about this, but so we don't have joint degrees, we have dual degrees, uh, so you can do uh, that with the Kennedy School. I think it would be a three-year program um, for their master's in, and the Fletcher School Tufts as well as a possibility. Um, so that's one option. Another is just to take courses over there at the Kennedy School. We c can we take courses at Tufts as well or not really? Not as easily, yeah, yeah. So the Kennedy School would be the most, um, um, but they're also, you know, depending on your uh, areas of interest. I mean, the School of Public Health obviously has a, um, so that, you know, uh, conference that we put on around malaria was really just trying to bring their top scientists together with um, on the ground religious and spiritual leaders in sub-Saharan Africa um, to see together how that can make, because you know, the, the, the School of Public Health people were saying that you know, they have some, they have the science, but they often lack access to, especially the more remote areas, um, which um, uh, many of these religious traditions do have that access. 
and do have some kind of moral leadership that, that, that they can exercise. So I think you'll find um, 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 the Kennedy School, I would guess, is probably your most, uh, but also Tufts, uh, Fletcher School, um, um, and those would be two of the very top international relations schools in the country, I think, you know, two of the top five, probably. Um, so it's another, you know, it's a great, Boston is a great opportunity, and even if you, you know, if you can, you know, just trust your own initiative, even just meandering over to these places and figuring out what's going on and going to events and so on. It's, a, it's, it's an open door in that sense uh, to you. Um, and um, on the course selection, there are some restrictions, but not very important ones, really. There's a tremendous amount of freedom to go and um, surf the, the Harvard uh, you know, course network. Yeah. Hi. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Hi, um, my name is Amir, and uh, thank you for sharing your insights. Uh, you talked about the school's values, but as a leader, uh, can you speak more to the school's leaders, uh, the school's leadership's vision for the school? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, that is a great question. Um, so I think my vision for the school, um, uh, you know, when I took over as dean was to, um, um, you know, I think the, the, the zip lines from the ivory tower is what I really believe in. You know, that we just don't keep our knowledge bottled up for our own uh, consumption, but that we do try to make a difference in the world as much as we can. Um, so um, I spoke about values um, at a, a talk I gave at uh, Memorial Church, these little five-minute talks, at, you know, People from around. So I think that's on the web, which would be kind of interesting for you to look at. I was kind of interested in what are the kind of values that shape um, who we are. We have a statement of community values, which is very important to us, um, which I would encourage you to read. It's on our website. Um, it has to do with you know, mutual respect, uh, respect of difference, um, treating each other civilly. Um, trying to model the kind of behavior that we'd like to see in the world around us. Um, going on down the line, you know, what's the vision for this school? I think it's been quite clear that over the past 20 years, um, and maybe even longer, beginning with the establishment of the uh, Center for the Study of World Religions and the Women's Studies and Religion Program, that um, we've been particularly interested, and then with the Religious Literacy Initiative, we've been particularly interested in um, uh, you know, uh, expanding our expertise um, from specifically Christian tradition, not abandoning that or treating that less seriously, but um, making it much more of a multi-faith uh, school of divinity. And I think that's something that um, would be widely known in the United States as the particular characteristic of the Harvard Divinity School. Um, um, We've also you know, tried to pioneer as best we can this Women's Studies and Religion program and, and bringing to the attention of the uh, United States scholarly community and beyond um, um, you, you know, just the contributions that women are making to scholarship and to uh, uh, public life around the world. And that takes in associates from all over the world. It's, it's, a, it's not a, just a United States program. Um, 
So those would be some things that I would say. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I started the religion um, uh, 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 and practice of peace initiative and to, to uh, think as deeply as we can about how we can mobilize our intellectual energy and, um, and moral values uh, uh, to um, see how religious traditions can be resources for peace building and not for conflict. And to try and use what, we've, what we're doing this year in particular is to try and partner with other parts of Harvard to see what best knowledge they have. You know, so Martin Nowak coming here is a, we're hoping to put on a colloquium uh, in, jointly with the business school around the importance of prosperity and generating economic development in, in peace building, which is not just a kind of soppy thing to do, but needs real. We, we've partnered in the past with the program of negotiation at the law school to try and um, you know, make sure that we're not just doing this in a soft way. You know, in other words, one of my, having lived through um, you know, the, the, the troubles in Northern Ireland, the thing I have least patience for is just naive talk about problems. Uh, you know, we just don't have time for that. Um, so you know, thinking honestly about that. Um, and I would say that, you know, uh, so those are some things that I would say are really important to us. Um, we're, we're at the process now of being able to hire, probably over the next three or four years, <clears throat> maybe six or seven younger scholars. Um, and, um, and we'll be starting this beginning this spring. And um, so we are, as a school, reflecting on that very question. What, where would we want to be in 10 years' time? Uh, and how would we get there? And what kind of uh, academic expertise do we, do we need for that? And um, that's an open and, and very kind of stimulating conversation because there, you know, do we replace like for like or do we begin to step out into what will be for us new areas of... Um, 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 so anyway, that's probably a long answer to a very short and well-framed question. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's someone here, I think, um, and then maybe someone at the back. I'll try and be shorter. We've got two or three minutes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, my name is Ilaf uh, Farajallah, and I've actually flown in all the way from the Middle East, from Sudan, yeah, and right. nobody has told me that it will be this cold here, so I'm still freezing. <laughs> I see. Um, this is nothing yet, believe me. <laughs> Come back in January, February. Seven yeah. layers, eight layers. <laughs> um, so I guess you really caught my attention when you mentioned about the work that uh, you've done considering uh, malaria. I'm a physician yeah. and I've practiced uh, in East Africa for a while and I can't tell you the kind of devastation that a disease right. like that has on entire communities as a whole. Um, I'm really interested about the intersection between science and faith. Right. Um, and I've actually, I think I've come here to explore that more. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the dean of, of this illustrious uh, institute, you speak so proudly uh, of its achievements. I guess my question is, what is your proudest achievement concerning your students during the time that they spent here? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm both proud of the school, but also, I hope, realistic about it. You know, I, I, I always try to be absolutely honest about our shortcomings as well as our strengths. You know, we're a relatively small school of, uh, of you know, 45 faculty and, and a whole bunch of you know, people who offer teaching and instruction, maybe up to 80 or 100, but we're not enormous. Mm -hmm. 
Um, um, in terms of our students, I mean, I think you just saw in that video, I mean, what I get from traveling around the country representing the school, not just the country, but the wider world, is just the, um, you know, two or three things. One is just the intellectual accomplishments of our students who go on into doctoral programs and the university teaching and do change, you know, like that Women's Studies and Religion program has changed the way we think about women and religion in the United States and beyond. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, so um, I think the proudest achievement I can point to is just the rich diversity of, of positions and influence that our students go on to exercise um, you know, around the world. Um, um, you know, just two weeks ago I had in my office you know, Sean Casey, who was the um, uh, the um, um, senior director in the um, previous administration for religion and global affairs and had a major impact in that job um, for a while until a, a different regime. Um, um, uh, um, so um, Susie Hayward, who's in the religion and um, uh, uh, US Institute of Peace, you know, is an alum, so I think the proudest achievements of our school are our students. Uh, that, that's what we do, um, and more than just you know some kind of institution or something. I mean, the institution is just the site where it happens. It's the lives that are changed and go out into doing something that really makes a difference. Thank you. Thank you so much. A couple of questions. Yeah, I know you've got to move on in about two or three minutes. I mean, I'm, my name is Linda, and I know you've mentioned mid-career students. Do you have any post-career students uh, to put uh, a perspective on that? You and I are the same age. So um, I'm interested in sort of being, I'm a retired, recently retired family physician in a small town in Maine, and I'm, I'm really interested in sort of a career path that might include being a parish uh, doctor as opposed to parish nurse, mm -hmm. and uh, have other interests as well in hospice care and substance abuse counseling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, um, so we are getting, I think, increasing numbers of students and, and, uh, 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 who, like you, have had you know, distinguished careers of service who are looking for what happens next and how can they use that previous expertise with some new knowledge to go off in a new direction. Um, we even started, an, uh, it's not a very good word for it, but an executive education program last year specifically to address that, you know, to, to get people here for a week on our campus in this kind of position to, to think through uh, some of those issues. Um, so I, I would say, you know, my advice to you would be to, you know, bring your expertise, which we really need, um, and then start figuring out with our careers office and other contacts you can make here, the networks you're, you'd be connected to, to see what the real possibilities are. It's a great, you know, I, I think it is a place. I, I do meet a lot of alums who came here um, and had their life journey significantly changed by the opportunity that they had here. So I think it is a real, you know, it's a place where you can um, follow those aspirations and try to figure them out. Um, it, sometimes it takes a little bit of proactive initiative just to chase things down. Um, but the thing we learn at our age is that that's what you've got to do. <laughs> Maybe one more question and then... Yeah. Hi, my name's Jeremy Barber. You've spoken about 
sort of the values and the mission going forward, things that you're proud of, what are the things that keep you up at night when you look forward? <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> one of the things that keep me up at night. Ah, a lot of things keep me up at night. <laughs> um, uh, things that keep me up at night, I think. Um, so here's what I would say to that question. I think that um, I, 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 I think we're in a tough spot in, in, in our country. Um, I didn't ever expect to live and work in a place as partisan and divided as the one I left in Northern Ireland. Um, but I see many of the same traits. Um, um, and I kind of rush to, you know, whether it's cable news or whatever it happens to be, I, I rush to the extreme edges, you know, either right or left. Um, and I am concerned about that. I'm concerned about the wider world. Um, with, you know, uh, there's definitely been a swing to uh, populist right all over the world in the last 10 years. I think that's very alarming. Uh, I think climate change is extremely alarming. Um, uh, so I think, you know, you know, for your generation, you know, for me, my generation uh, back in Ireland, it was, you know, how to, you know, figure out what a peace process might look like or, or, or what we what contribution you could make. I, I think for, for, for most of you folks in the room, I, I do think this is a very challenging time. And, um, and what keeps me up at night is, is you often don't see the kind of leadership that you can really rally around to make a difference. Not just who wins, but you know, can we together build something stronger? And we're not, you know, hard, there's no place insulated from this. I, I have found, I will say this honestly, the last two or three years to be the most difficult time uh, being dean. Um, I think uh, more people are angry, more people are anxious, more people want something from an institution, for an institution to do something. And sometimes that's realistic and sometimes it's unrealistic. And sometimes it's hard being a dean to, you know, say no, we can't do that, or, or, or you know, that's not what we're in the, it's not our primary responsibility. But, but also being a dean wanting to, not duck the the moment. None of us can afford just to keep our head down and say it doesn't matter, or you know, I just go to the beach or play golf or whatever it might happen to be. But it is a challenging time, and uh, and it's a time when. We need frank and honest conversations. And sometimes I feel we're not fully up to it. You know, that we, we, you know, there, there are times I feel that we almost park ourselves in our resentments or in our, um, uh, or in our, our fears about, and, and those are legitimate. I, I'm not underestimating the, the legitimacy of those feelings, but somehow to rise above that and, and get into positive directions and try and make a difference. So I think of all the things that keep me up at night, it would be that, you know, to, to try and use th these moments, all of you, that, that, that's, you know, to contribute to something bigger and grander than just another partisan dogfight. Okay, look, Sorry. thank you so much, and I'll see, I'll see uh, many of you at lunch uh, yeah. uh, uh, later today. So thank you. Sorry for keeping you. No, 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 thank you so much. Thank you.